Welcome to episode 79 of the Strong Style Story Podcast here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter for a little while longer. I'll discuss that here in a minute. And uh, the blog is still at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. With me today, of course... My usual co-host, the co-founder of this very program, Chris Damasceno. Chris, how are you this fine, uh, cold, snowy New Year's Day day, at least here in the Chicago area anyway? Oh, so so you're having that too, huh? Because I just legitimately got back from being downstairs shoveling our entire driveway because of the snow that we got between last night into today well it, still- it, it just started in the last uh hour so uh yeah, I, i'm sure had- there's gonna be some shoveling in my future today uh yep yeah ours started sometime yesterday afternoon and it's been gradually piling on but yeah. yes uh chris of course been- you're yeah. in the denver area of course yes yes sir so yeah so uh, uh, uh up in the mountains if you will. Yeah, we we are not in the mountains. We are, you know, in, in, in flatland, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just have humid, but you have humidity on top of it to deal with Eesh. the cold, on top of with the cold. So I do not envy you in any way whatsoever. So, on yeah, that. It, it's winter and hey, it's New Year's. It's a, it's a it's a new year. It is now 2022. Indeed, which we means 2021 we, is past us at it, this it's point. It's over. It's over. <laughs> both both in general and for New Japan Pro Wrestling, which, uh, Chris, let's give ourselves a, a, a sigh of relief and a pen on the back that we survive both the general year of 2021 and the year of 2021 in New Japan Pro Wrestling because Granted, it, it wasn't see. always easy, folks. Let me tell you. No, it, it wasn't. I think a lot of people can fairly considered this a down year for New Japan in terms of quality compared to a couple of years past. I don't think it's one of their worst years by any stretch of the imagination on that, but uh, there were some uh, pretty big ups and some pretty big downs in the process as well. And, and we're going to discuss that here shortly in, indeed. In, in a little while. But uh, yeah, this we got is gonna... some housekeeping to do first. Yeah. Too. So, uh, uh... Should I break the news? I, I mean, I already kind of have broken the news. I mean, I did it on yeah. Boom Goes the Dynamite. So, uh, you know what? I'll let you do it this time. I'll, I'll let you break the general news on this. I think for those who have been following us over the last, what, six years at this point? Yeah. Christ, it's, it's been six years. Yeah, technically That's... this should be our anniversary episode. I, You know, I, at this point it seems a little facetious to, to celebrate the anniversary when, uh, well, why don't you go on, Chris? <laughs> Sure. No, uh, it's one of those things. We've been doing this for quite some time, and I think for us, this particular year has been tough in some manners in our own personal lives, but also one in which we've kind of persevered and have done some pretty good things for ourselves in terms of projects and the like. I've been pretty busy with my new job, which has been uh, a real big blessing in disguise after a less than stellar 2020 on that front uh within the whole professional spectrum of my life uh on top of it i've sort of also been uh, dabbling along doing as many episodes of soundtracks on the sticks as i can and then also started uh 
just for fun doing uh, music videos with uh, certain independent professional wrestlers out there for funsies. You can find that on my Twitter at Brazilian Fury. There's a whole thread there that's pinned with the ones that I've done so far. And for Jeff specifically, I mean, he's got his professional career going there in Hoffman Estates after a big move that just happened, you know, within the last year and a half. Obviously, well, two, oh, well, it was two years ago now, but two yeah. years ago at this point, oh, man, yeah, time flies to say the least. But along with that, also, Jeff, you've not only been watching just the New Japan professional wrestling side of things, but you've also been watching a couple of new promotions here and there. So have I. And along with that as well, you have been doing quite a bit of paid writing, my friend, over this last year. Yeah. Yeah, so let, let, yeah, let, let's sidetrack into that because I don't know where else I can segue into this. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who have been following me, if you've been following me, and I have mentioned this a lot on Boon Goes the Dynamite too, but um, yeah, I have been uh, a paid contributor to FanFight recently. FanFight.com slash wrestling is the main landing page for that one. Um, and in fact, this week, this past week... Um, Two, I have two pieces up because we, we did some 2021 year in review stuff. One of them wasn't originally supposed to be it, but it became it. And then one was specifically written for this, this year-end wrap-up. So I have articles up this week about Matt Cardona being the heel of the year because of his work in GCW. But also uh, about Shingo Takagi salvaging the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, something, a, a topic we on this show have talked about quite a lot. So yes, considerably, uh, considerably. So, um, yeah. So if you want to check those out, fanbite.com slash wrestling is the landing page for their, uh, wrestling articles. Go ahead and check those out. Um, but along with that, uh, basically long story short, I never thought I could do a weekly podcast and, it, and I'm doing a weekly podcast now. <laughs> Yeah, you've been a man of many, many hats at this point, Jeff, throughout the course of the year. And for us in particular, with the way that we've kept up with the New Japan tours over the course of this year, time hasn't been on our side with all of the other commitments that we have. So we ended up making the decision to go through episode 79, which is this one. We are going to be doing a post-Wrestle Kingdom uh, episode 80 to cover January 4th, January 5th, and January 8th's big uh, New Japan versus Noah event. But after that, everything is kind of up in the air. If we do any other episodes after that one, they will come without any sort of expectation or timeline of any kind. Episode 80 might just be the last episode that we do. Yeah. We're not sure yet. We're going to cross that bridge when we get there, but we figure just to give you a heads up is to not be expecting as often a set of episodes even though we've been sort of inconsistent with those as it is over the course of this last year well and, and, and part of that well and, and part of that is because you know a lot of it because of the state of things in japan and in the world uh you know we weren't getting information until like days before in some cases before tours started and it's like well you know what we and unfortunately chris and i just can't drop everything like we used to be able to it seems you know yeah and 
you know, and again, you know, I and again, you know, I'm I'm doing Boom Goes the Dynamite every, you know, nearly every week. I took an unplanned week off during Christmas, but um, it was Christmas, so that's kind of understandable. Yeah, even though a couple of major things happened on that Dynamite, though, so <laughs> I really would have liked to have discussed. But anyway, um, the point is that yeah, uh, Chris and I just kind of need a rest a little bit, and along with that, a, a couple of other cosmetic changes are going to be happening too. Uh, the blog is still going to be happening. I don't know if I'm going to change the name of the blog because I just don't know if I can be bothered. And I can't come up with a different name anyway. So you know, I'm just... Which is kind of the story of how we ended up with this name to begin with because I really yeah. just couldn't come up with another one that was better. There you go. And I think it's a situation in which the blog can still remain with the same name but don't be too surprised if you start seeing other aspects and promotions and things being covered within it yeah so i I, i'm gonna kind of lift the model i i think what's gonna happen is i'm I'm gonna and i was gonna write one today but i i I only just in the last 15 minutes was able to finally locate a a full report of results for the big noah show that happened you know the the new year 2022 um which you watched is that correct Yes, the first uh, up until the co-main event, because it was 3 a.m. my time and my body decided, yeah, it's time for you to just sleep at this point. So post our recording here, I am planning of going into Wrestle Universe and watching those last two matches that I was not able to catch last night. But yes, I watched the majority of the card yesterday and had a lot of fun doing so. So I got to be honest with you, I was only really planning to watch the, 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 the top four matches, starting with, you know, Keiji Muto and Marufuji against oh, yeah, Suzuki and tag, Tanaka. Oh yeah, the the tag match was fantastic. Go out of your way to see that. So yeah, that so do I do I really need to see anything else? Because I, I'm also seeing you know, Kazuyuki Fujita and Kendo Kashin, and yeah. <laughs> that's like I two mean, red flags that, right there. That that at least was brief for what it was. Uh, I would recommend the eight man tag with. Ultimo Dragon and the Noah Boys against Los Perros Domo de Japón because that was a good amount of fun and Baltimo definitely brought his working shoes. Okay, to that one. I'll, I'll check that. Wow, that's um, that's some serious Dragon Gate going on in that match, isn't it? <laughs> yep, very much so. But anyway, the, the the point we're trying to get to is yeah, I, I'm going to be starting to cover other promotions because, uh, but you know what, I, I'm not going to be so I, I'm going to start taking the Lucha Blog model basically, which is I I think. Going forward, I'm only going to be posting a couple of times a week instead yeah. of near daily like I have been the last Yeah, exactly. You know. Now, obviously, there's going to be exceptions like Wrestle Kingdom is coming up. Yeah, I'm going to post on the day of, you know, for something major like that, you know. Um, but either today or tomorrow, I may... I was thinking I was going to post today about the Noah show. I may hold off, though, because, of course, All Japan runs tomorrow as we record this, uh, which means it probably won't go up till today, till the second. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I may post it tonight. I don't know. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I think I'm going to be going to, like, just a couple of days a week uh, where I'm going to be post, posting the blog, maybe three, maybe four if it's really warranted, you know, for special occasions, you know. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to be expanding the scope, but also lessening the amount of time I post because that's starting to, I, I'm starting to have issues, you know, squeezing and I'm feeling like, you know, the walls are closing in on that too, you know, 
And I, I obviously I, I, I'm I'm enamored with the whole writing part of it, obviously, because I'm starting to get <clears throat> paid for it now. But, uh, you know, so anyway, long story short. Uh, oh, and the other thing is that uh, my Twitter account that I mentioned uh, will be renaming itself. Uh, if you so please follow it. If you already follow my personal Twitter, GD Wessel, that's what this one's going to be becoming. Uh, that's probably going to happen in the next week or so. I was thinking I was going to do it before the new year and I got too busy and I really need to sit down and, you know, uh, <laughs> start adjusting my, my, both my follows and my followers, if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. The, the, the strong style story, Twitter f- account will be going away. At, at least its name will be. And it's going to become, you know, GD Wessel. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, everything will be run out of there because, yeah, I I, I need to start cleaning up things a little bit. Yeah, at this point, yeah, at this point, it's one of the circumstances in which you have the one account that already has a majority of the people that you follow. You can kind of just transition that uh, into some of the other follows that you have on your other personal account and just kind of merge everything, clean it up a little bit, make it super neat, not have to keep up with two accounts. Now, of course, Boom Goes the Dynamite continues. Boom Goes the Dynamite continues weekly. Um, Yeah, I'd rather not have Paul kick my ass for like taking away from that inadvertently in some (laughs) way, shape, or form. Thanks. Well, well, of course, Paul. You know, Paul was the one who came in. You know, in in, in lieu of you, (laughs) lest we forget. Indeed, Mr. that's exactly Christ. why I'm rather <laughs> not get my ass kicked. <laughs> but also, uh, busting balls will continue, of course, because you know football is a constant thing, and yeah, you know, <laughs> that football never ends, except you know when the pandemic hit, and even then, yeah. it didn't end. <laughs> so it's it it's been interesting, somewhat getting into following the Premier League to a certain extent after getting into football manager over the course of this year. I will say Arsenal got hosed much. today. I'm just going to say that Arsenal got completely hosed. So anyway, uh, but that being said, so yeah, that, that that's the changes that's going on here. And of course, you know, there seems to be you know New Year. There's some changes going on. Of course, our 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 good friends. Dave and Lee are leaving, you know, the PWOM territory. Indeed, but I mean, they'll still have their own personal feed where everything is still going into, which is how I'll probably end up listening to the episodes as they come along. And I wish them the best on this next step forward. I hope that they find an even bigger audience than the one that they cultivated through PWOM yeah. on their end of the spectrum. And those two deserve the world for putting up with that much WCW from 1998 <laughs> until the very end of it. So it, the minimum you all can do oh is boy. follow yeah, the other pod on Twitter. I really send. don't know if they know what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> oh, they have no clue. But because I, because remember, I, I was, I mean, I remember I watched it when it was happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to saw it live. Although, you know what, again, you know, much like New Japan this year, there was some good things in WCW in 1999. Um, the problem is it was just there was 12 metric tons of horse shit surrounding it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. A very likely story. Mm-hmm. Hey, on that note, what, 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 what's become of the cast and the Furious? Because it's been months since, I mean, you, 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 finally, been- you finally hit... You hit that midpoint with, with yeah, the series. Yeah, it's been the timing. Yeah, it's been the timing for Dave, Jack, and I to get it recorded. But I'm certain that 
we're trying to figure out the next uh, slot to get together and get this next movie done and just keep it trucking along. We're definitely planning on finishing it. That much is certain. Is that is, is that going to be transitioning over to the new place too? Uh, I don't know as of yet. I will have to triple check that. I believe we might still have that on PWM as far as I know for now. Okay. But I'll have some more news on that so, later. So Once maybe you could fill me in because I'm not really a big Fast and Furious guy. So I don't know. What's the drama with The Rock and Vin Diesel? Oh, what's the drama? The in 25 or less. The whole gist of it was that Rock decided he wanted to leave the franchise after uh, his experiences on the eighth movie weren't the best with a couple of his castmates, Vin Diesel being the uh, main uh, antagonist of that. Uh, Vin tried to big brother him on an Instagram post about coming back for the 10th, and Rock said, nah, I'm above that at this point, and that's where we're at. Okay, then. Well, <laughs> then there you have it. So, okay. Well, so it goes, I guess. No 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 more no more uh, Hobbs, is it? Is that his name? Hobbs. Yeah, no more Hobbs, but I mean, it is what it is. We didn't have him in the ninth movie anyway, so they'll figure it out without him. That's fine. Oh, he wasn't in, oh, he wasn't in Fast 9. No, he was not. See, I don't see again. I I haven't watched any of these since the very first one. <laughs> you're fi- you're fine on that front. I will say this though, if you did to a certain extent enjoy Initial D as a series, Tokyo Drift is one that I think you'll like out of that <laughs> series of movies because there there is a there is a good amount of nods to that series as a whole. There is like the uh, the specific car in question from Initial D does pop up on the background at some point there during one of the racing scenes as well, which is a nice little cool uh, cameo. And I believe they had the original Drift King in which the series was based out of doing not only a cameo in the movie, but also doing a lot of the uh, stunt coordination for that movie as well. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I've heard. Yeah, I've always wanted to see that one, but yeah, I never got around to it. And then, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because life was getting in. <laughs> life was seriously in the way during that per- the whole, whole period. There's like a 10 year period where I know nothing that was going on in pop culture. Like I, I, I missed Lost. The TV show because I, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> you know? So, Fair. you know, I, I there, there, there's a lot of things I, I just flat out miss, and uh, yeah. So anyway, um, when last we convened in the month of November, Jesus, um, we were heading into the the combined World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors tournaments. Uh, we have, of course, winners for those now. Uh, the winners for the respective tournaments were uh, in the World Tag League, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Boy, Yoshihashi has had a year. Has he not? It's weird enough to say this at this point, given the amount of flack that I have given him over the years, but Yoshihashi Loki was one of New Japan's, like, most consistent guys throughout the entirety of 2021. Good on him for that. Yoshihashi, finally, he's finally found his niche, you know, is the thing. He's found his niche, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, a, a, after so many years worth of underachieving, you know, we, we could look at it because, you know, we're coming up on 10 years since Okada came back, and that's when Yoshihashi came back, too, yep, lest we forget. Exactly. And, you know, now, you know, it, it, he, he's he's finally found his niche. I mean, he, he, he set a record-setting, he was part of a record-setting uh, title run. 
Which who who would have guessed that? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and guessed, made, it, it, who would have guessed with, with the title it, <laughs> that it was with too? Exactly. Yeah, the fact that the Never Six Man trios belts at this point actually have some sort of value that's on the backs of Yoshihashi Goto and Ishii's work with it, and you know, kudos to them for that because they definitely brought it every time that they had to do a defense of those against whichever like trios out of a different faction that this was going on with. I think in a way he made uh, the guys in the House of Torture actually uh, a little more valuable on that regard when they took those titles from them because of the fact that it took that many defenses for them to be finally dethroned and, you know, the shenanigans that have come with that. And I'm sure we'll touch more on the House of Torture stuff as we go into the Wrestle Kingdom Garden mm. the 2021 year in review as well. Um, I We have certain thoughts on that. At least I know I do. So Yeah. But also, yeah, so, I mean, kudos to them, and they actually beat the House of Torture, uh, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, uh, in order to, to win that tag league. So this was, uh, you know, Yoshihashi's first ever uh, tournament win of any kind. Um, Goto, of course, this is the third time he's won it with a third different partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what is that? I mean, should he maybe be concentrating on on, on on tandems at this point? Because I don't think he's going to ever get another shot at the IWGP title. I, I really don't think so at this point. Unless it's like a very odd New Japan Cup run where they need to like stat pad somebody's title defense reigns. I don't think it's happening now. Yeah, at this point, I don't even see you know the sympathy, you know, uh, you know the 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 Nakanishi sympathy run happening for him at this point. You know, I think if it were to happen, it'd have to be like a very quick two to three week turnaround on it, and you know, person who lost the title gains it right back, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, which is fine, I guess. But you know, um, yeah, just yeah, I don't see it happening for him at this point which is kind of a shame because for a while i mean he he was one of the the contenders you know the underdog contenders for so long and now he's just fallen into this rut and but you know me again that never i mean we, we call them the comedy tiles for so long i don't even call them that anymore you know because they became not comedy titles under this reign yeah pretty much so i mean hopefully uh, you know what? I, I'm kind of hoping that Goto and, and Yoshiashi actually come uh, come good uh, at, at Wrestle Kingdom, and we'll preview that uh, as we co- as we move along. But also the uh, best of the Super Juniors. Well, we knew who was running that one for the yes, very simple uh, reason of who yeah. else do you trust to semi-main the Tokyo Dome? Yeah, exactly. But the interesting part of that was the other finalist this time around, which I thought it was bold of them to do, but given the run that uh, he had during the Best of Super Juniors and the turnaround for it and the uh, match that eventually led him to take that final slot, good on Yo, because it was like overdue for him to get some sort of action on the single spectrum, given that show has been sort of this main focus of the post- Rapongi 3K breakup. So seeing Yo finally shine a little bit and 
give Hiromu pretty much everything that he could handle and then some on that final. That was good shit. I want them to run that back at some point. Next yeah, year. that was well, well this year rather because it is twenty twenty two. So well, uh, they are going to run it back because uh, yeah, uh, coming <laughs> we'll we'll preview that here shortly. Um, but yeah, that was uh, yeah that that was interesting and it was it, I, I'm yeah I, I I was stunned they actually went that route because they they were so making it seem like show was going to be was going to run the table for a little while. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very and, much so. And did not. <laughs> Which, you know, it's it's the curse of having the undefeated record up until like round four or five. Because after then, you know you're you're slipping, you know. <laughs> so Correct, yes. Yeah, and then I mean, after that everything just goes into a skid. Well yo, he sort of started behind the eight ball and then just built the momentum basically throughout the rest of the tournament. So it was an interesting a bit of ebbs and flows there leading to their last match. And then, as I mentioned, like, I want to see Hiromu versus Yo again sometime down the line. Oh, that's the, the one you meant you wanted to see. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we might just. I, I thought you meant, I thought you meant Sho well, and Yo. It's like, um, oh, yeah. yeah, funny story. That's, yeah, funny story. We got something on the cards for that in two nights, as a matter of fact. So, indeed. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh... Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't watch a whole lot of tag league, but best of the super juniors was. You know what? It wasn't the best turn. Like like most things, it wasn't the best. It was by far not the worst. It was. There were some fun matches within it, but I think, to me specifically, I am looking forward to the point in which we do stop having these two tournaments kind of one after the other, like combined, and just have them in their separate tours and times once the world does somewhat get its shit together not that it's going to get it entirely at this point but somewhat enough to kind of separate those again that'd be great so really because i actually you know what i i actually kind of don't mind it i actually kind of don't mind it Hmm. i i i mean for one thing it you know it, it it seems consequential now i mean obviously best of super juniors always seem consequential even when they did it you know in mid mid-year you know when they're quote supposed to but you know i gotta say and you know what i, I gotta be frank and the the october g1 climax is fine because you know why it cuts down the the interminable period between the end of g1 climax and wrestle kingdom yeah the transition period can be a bit rough so an autumn tournament has not been bad for that regard but i definitely do think that new japan specifically if there is a tournament that they are trying to put back on the summer schedule as soon as humanly possible it, it is the g1 so don't be too surprised if 2022 we get news that they're gonna just run that back during the june july months kind of thing well maybe i mean seriously so. it was in it was in may and early june because of course they they would lead that into uh dominion mm-hmm. but you know what? I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's just we're kind of more or less transitioning into the 2021 segment at this point. Let, let's be frank. I mean, among other things, yeah, Summer Struggle was the most accurately named tour ever because, friends, let me tell you, that was a struggle. <laughs> that were uh, a struggle yeah. to get through. Mm-hmm. And again, part of it was because, you know, they didn't announce shit ahead of time. So we were always like, okay, oh, well, hey, uh, we got to wait until you know, the, the next uh, 
the next press conference so we know who, who, what shows are coming up on this tour that never seems to end. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, so basically that, that was the tournament. Um, would you have, if you were, had been booking it, would you have gone Goto and Yoshihashi? Chris. Yeah, I think after the year that they had, specifically, it gives them somewhat of, uh, it gives Yoshihashi, I think, especially kind of a, hey, you kind of helped carry us through the course of this year with the stuff that you, Goto and Ishii did with the six-man titles. So, uh, here you go, have a Wrestle Kingdom feature uh, on the tag team side of the spectrum there. And I do think it's also an interesting challenge for the uh, champion team in question as well, too, just on the basis that uh, it gives them a slightly different opponent than some of the ones that they've had because they've, uh, with Dangerous Techers, they definitely have faced just about everyone in the uh, division, and they've done pretty well against it. I think this is a uh, new twist into it, and I think it will be another defense for them at this point, and let's see where 2022 Texas from there with that tag team title ring. But yeah, um, Zach and Taichi have found their uh, mark as well too throughout the course of 2021 and their battles for these particular belts and as a tandem and kind of holding the consistency of the tag team division as well too on that front. Yeah. So, now I do have one more thing to bring up for 2021 as far as you know items and, and championships. We, ha- we have to congratulate our two consecutive year reigning King of Pro Wrestling, Toriano. <laughs> yeah, he got the final defense done against Uncle Nobu, so he's headed into... Did you watch that 2020... match? I did not, but I need to <laughs> at some point, just for the shenanigans out oh, of the wall. Oh, like... it was shenanigans. Well, you, you know what the rules were. Every, every, uh, every two minutes, they had to take a shot. Oh, and, and answer, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then answer a this is fine. And answer a, a, a referee count. Yeah, I, I love the KOPW just because it, it is completely ridiculous. I mean, w- once we knew that Yano won the initial thing, you know, by we knew by the nup- shenanigans were coming uh, by nut punching <laughs> Okada. Yeah, that was o- Okada uh, creates the whole concept, and Yano just perfects it. It sounds about right at this point. Yeah. And, and let's again. This is fine by us because we get stuff of this sort. And let's not forget the absolutely, like, amazing defense between Yano and Great Okan on that amateur rules match. Oh, which God. Was that, was a, that was a legitimate match of the year candidate. A legitimate match of the year candidate. A lot of fun. Just a ton of fun on that front. Oh, but, God. You know, what, you know what else was a ton of fun? You know what else was a ton of fun? Did you see Glate's show from a couple days ago? I've heard good things about it as well. Oh. And I've been hearing, like, it was what, the Ledette UWF I rules matches oh, that they were yeah. having? Oh, yeah, the Ledette UWF. You know, I could I could give or take the, the, the G-Pro wrestling bits of it. When you start running the Ledette UWF stuff, though, I am there. I am there. Uh, we had, you know, Suzuki and Hikaru Sato, Minoru Suzuki and Hikaru Sato beating up 12 year olds it looked like of course uh 
Chihiro, ha Chihiro Hashimoto fucking destroying uh, Michiko Miyagi. I did. I did see the gif of the Albright suplex that Miyagi got given, which was just woof. <laughs> oh boy, do you remember the remember the first at, at, at Glate version one with Chihiro? And I forgot who the woman was, but she actually destroyed her, and she was in tears. Chihiro's a beast, dude. I like if there's someone within any sort of division in pro wrestling that needs like more of a feature in some of these bigger streams that Western Twitter and Western pro wrestling fans tend to watch from the Japanese end of the spectrum. Like somebody needs to find a spot for Chihiro Hashimoto to like feature in more of those because she can absolutely go. I love mm, her. Yeah, that. Oh my goodness. And you know, it, it was it. it, it Things were fine. Yeah, that, that UWF segment, at, at least that half, is well worth uh, watching. And it's on YouTube, at least for now. It may go down soon, but yeah, please. For sure. Yeah, why, why, yeah the Ledet UWF. See, exactly. This is why I'm expanding the blog, because you know there's just too much fun stuff happening yeah. nowadays. But, I mean, usually it's one of those things, too. And then from the New Japan side of the spectrum... Uh, as we mentioned, there's been a couple of very good things about it. Uh, for all the struggles that we kind of were expecting to happen after certain events back in the April-May portion, uh, let's give props where they're due to Jeff Cobb and Great Ocon for carrying the United Empire literally and figuratively throughout the course of this year with their more than stellar performances at various points of the year on that front to the point in which to me Ocon feels like more of the leader of that group than well you know who yeah well I mean we had to mention him uh but yeah well, uh, yes but we'll get to that when we get to that at this yeah point. well but I mean you know that that dude did come back eventually uh on the strong side of things which he yeah mm -hmm. Which unfortunately gives credence to the you know to, to to the paywall brigades you know reporting that we heavily criticized way back when, mm -hmm. but or you know or you know maybe his neck healed who knows. Yeah, no oh. of any kind on that, but mm. yeah, who knows? By the way, I just noticed a typo on the blog from a week ago. Oops. Rip. <laughs> oh well. Rip. <laughs> Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, there was, yeah, there were some interesting uh, things on that ending, which, you know, Naito and Sonata as a tag team was an interesting uh, little take that we did get for some time, including a short but very interesting-lived uh, Naito heavyweight tag title reign, which he hasn't had since the days of No Limit. God, that, that had one of the big... You know what? The, 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 the setup to that title match was one of the, the funniest things ever. Too. I mean, it, it, it has to be praised with Naito uh, scamming uh, Taichi and, and Saber to, to to autograph his his program, which all on the other side of it had a match contract written on. Yeah, it. It, it, it's one of those things. It's Tetsuya Naito creating problems on purpose, which is has been his mo for the better part of a decade, and I still love him for well, it. Well, well, at, at least since 2015 when he joined a certain. Mexican, unit. yeah, yes, especially since then. But yes, creating problems on purpose is Tetsuya Naito's MO at this point, and I just 
yeah, it's just great. It's enjoyable. But he just but, wants you to chill through it, though. He wants you. Mm-hmm. He, he just wants you to relax. Yeah, just be calm. Stay calm, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, well, while while I'm you know fucking your shit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, yeah. As we mentioned, there's definitely been a couple of good things within New Japan, a lot of great matches that did happen throughout the course of the year. But I think on the overall, I think, tone and volume, and this is something we touched on throughout shows over the course of this year, but given this is the year-end review of sorts, we do have to touch back on just sort of the fumbling start that they had to the year, uh, unfortunately due to circumstances that were out of their control at certain points, and then some really questionable decision-making that eventually led to said unfortunate circumstances as well. And uh, we can't talk about this year, past year, without talking about the uh, double gold finally being uh, unified to much, much criticism at that and the snowball effect that initially that did have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no way around it. And we have talked at length about this. But I mean that really did set the tone for the rest of the year, and it 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 just kind of went down from there. And then you know, it didn't help with Ibushi dropping said title on the very first defense of it, which I still don't get the logic behind that by any stretch of the imagination. Even but then again, even more so now with hindsight, considering what happened afterward. On top of it, in the sort of salvage job that Shingo Takagi had to do with this title, which you very much described in your own article that you wrote for Fanbyte, as a matter of fact. You did go over that in excruciating detail. People should give that a look. But, yeah, Shingo Takagi kept things steady, as steady as humanly possible, given the circumstances on that, which is sort of why... I think it annoys me quite a bit that he's sort of being treated as the third wheel into this uh, entirety of the Wrestle Kingdom fourth and fifth shows that we're going to be talking about a good amount. And we could cover that in more detail on that. Well, point. you know, I, 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 I just want to make a, a controversial. Well, you know, what? actually, I'll save that for the Wrestle Kingdom part. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll save it for that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. And I discussed that in the article itself. Like, you know, he, he's... He's been considered a transitional champion for the last six months. Well, then he's not a transitional champion, then, is he? If it's been yeah. the last six months. I mean, he's, you know, he he, he, he has actual wins over, you know, uh, Okada, Tanahashi, um, and Sabre. And, you know, yeah, evil. Evil, evil as well. <laughs> but, evil. I mean, evil, evil, listen, evil is a part of Bullet Club at this point. And he's probably, even though his stock is nowhere near as high as it would have been, this time around, like last year even, uh, let's not take away from the fact that he is kind of Bullet Club's, one of the Bullet Club's most senior officers at this point, with Jay White being stateside at this point and whatnot. So, you know, I think that's something we need to discuss. I, I think that's something yeah. we need to discuss is that the fact that neither Jay, well, no, we will discuss this because, you know, the, a, a lot of w- the malaise of the last year centered around the non-Japanese workers and who was not going to be part of it, you know, mm-hmm. who, who was not featuring. If we just to skip ahead slightly, if we look at the Wrestle Kingdom 16 lineups, look who's not there. 
Jay White, Juice Robinson, David Finley, uh, Tamatonga, and Tongaloa do not feature anywhere yeah. in these. Um, yeah, so. Could we could be seeing the end of of at least a couple of them here? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen to the Gorillas of Destiny guys. I just think that for them specifically, at this point. Tom, I think, has enough pull within the office in the same manner that, like, Rocky does from the foreigners' side of the spectrum, that he can just sort of come and go as things happen, work as a liaison, do what he needs to do on that front. And, you know, good for him. It's a good pay If it's a good-paying gig and he's being able to, like, sustain his family and whatnot from it, uh, you know, get that money accordingly and show up for the shows that you're able to show up and go back home after the tour is done. It is what it is. I know with the world conditions as well, that if you are not willing to risk it, then yeah, uh, it is what it is. Uh, but as you mentioned from the Russell kingdom portion specifically, as mentioned, there's a lot of the big foreigner names that are going to be missing from that for sure, which is very unfortunate, but circumstances in the world as they are too, I don't blame some of them for not wanting to quarantine for a number of weeks uh, to get into the country to begin with, only to be there for a couple of days working and then go back and go through the same process again. So, yeah, I mean, no, I, I I don't blame him, but does it mean we, we maybe are seeing the back end of them? Or are they going to just keep working the NJOA shows? I think I think that is going to be the letter, at least for Jay White at this point, because I believe he is officially booked for the uh, New Beginning shows in Seattle coming up at the mid-January point now uh, for the 15th, I believe. So, right. uh, but yeah, it's it's a story for us to keep our eyes on over the course of these next uh, first few months of 2022, for sure, just to see. If it is a situation in which they're still working New Japan, but then also taking commitments and bookings elsewhere, or if a couple of these guys just phase out entirely from the New Japan side, it it's a story in which we can uh, wait and see, it's a wait and see approach for sure. And I do think it's interesting because arguably one of the stronger things that New Japan as a whole has done this year, honestly, it's been the strong brand. Because they've actually been firing on all cylinders for the most part on a couple of those shows. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and shout out to them. And they have, you know, and, and their, you know, champion is into his sixth defense now. You yep. know, Filthy Tom Lawler has been Tom. killing it. Yeah, dude has been good. Dude has been good. He's been a consistent champion for their brand in question there. He's had good matches. This feud with Fred Rosser has been really fun. Uh, as well, too, during the process. There's definitely, like, been a proper build to it, heat with it as well, with them shaving and uh, his head and stuff of that nature. So, yeah, there's a lot uh, lot there as it is. Jay White has been having a couple of good matches on the card. Uh, Buddy Matthews showed up for a night and got a really good match against uh, a rare Okada appearance in the States as well, too, for oh, you know, yeah. a fact. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm still kind of amazed that Okada did not work AEW during his time in the U.S. I think a lot of it might have just been timing and Okada, hey, Wrestle Kingdom is more important. I'm going to go back to Japan. I'm going to quarantine and then be ready for the shows to set up Wrestle Kingdom, which, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fine. It's just, I'm just a little surprised is mm -hmm. all, so...
But yeah, I mean, you know what? The, we we talked a lot about the malaise in New Japan. It was not all bad, obviously. Shingo Takagi, of course, being you know the highlight of the year in in New Japan, it, which again I've already discussed at length on the blog and uh, and for Fan Fight now. So I don't th- think I really had to go too much into it. I'm we we yeah. are obviously going to make this official now that if we ever return to where we can do this again, um, yeah, Shingo Takagi is officially retired from the New Japan Wrestler of the Year <laughs> award. This is this is the Shingo Takagi Wrestler of the Year award at this point in this particular podcast because he's gotten it the past three years, so. He's officially retired. He gets his name on the plaque as the unofficial award. So you know, let's go with that. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He 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 definitely has ruled the roost, you know, in, in ring and otherwise. Uh, and you know, honestly, making him the 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 champion during the, this tumultuous time really was you know no less than he deserved. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And he's not getting younger, but his consistency is still there regardless. And I think he's been, even if this reign is to end on January 4th, I think Shingo can look at it proudly. And we can be confident of the fact that he represented the company well under the circumstances in question there. And that he's still going to be a marquee player for them for as long as they'll have him. So... Yeah, and I think there's a lot of yeah. I, I think, well, well, we'll talk about that in the Wrestle Kingdom period, um, in, in the Wrestle Kingdom portion of this. Now, I am going to say that one of the most exciting things to happen regarding a New Japan wrestler did not even happen in New Japan, although it kind of did, sort of. Um, one of the best parts of this past year was the September and October residency of one Minoru Suzuki in these United States. Man, I don't, you know, I, I just don't know if we're ever... Can, can, can we ever have something as major as that happen in 2022? And will it be a, as impactful and meaningful as Suzuki doing it? I do wonder, but a part of me thinks that with Suzuki's freelancer status, and not only him doing that September and October run in the States, but also then sort of continuing that to an extent in Japan with a couple of his appearances on DDT, for example. Oh, uh, God, did you the, watch that? Oh, the eruption match against the Neo Ito Suzuki Gun Army? Yeah, fantastic stuff. Oh, my stuff. God. That... Suzuki was just such a fucking prick in that match. Just because he just... Because he, he he had one mission in mind, and that was to beat the shit out of Yukio Sakaguchi. Which was just great. Like, they, those two specifically in a singles at some point or another over this next year would be a very fun match to watch, for sure. But also, yeah, the, the way he, he, he treated Maki in that match... And Saki Arai, for that matter. Let, let, let's not forget, he kind of ragdolled Saki Arai in that, too. Yeah, he just doesn't give a shit whoever you are. He's just going to bully you accordingly because that's his type of style at this point when wrestling. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I am very interested to see if Suzuki tries to run a similar tour to this this next year, given the amount of 
ungodly releases that happen near the end of this year and the amount of free agents that are going to be out in the scene stateside over the next two to three months. So could be some interesting matchups there for Suzuki if his agent decided to go, hey, people in the U.S. want to book you again for these matches here, here, and there. Are you up for that kind of thing? Yeah, I just wonder, but I, again, I just wonder if it's going to have the same emotional impact that it did. Because I think it, it was just... And, you know, it, it, the, the sad thing is, is that this that tour could not have even happened f- three years ago. You know? It is astounding, yeah, at this point, is to kind of think that, wow, we actually witnessed a little piece of actual history but, sort of go down. But also... Just the the promotions that Suzuki worked. He didn't just say to like name promotions either. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it he worked he worked promotions that we've never heard of, like Time Bomb Pro in 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 Fargo. Mm-hmm. Like who Which is, is fairly this? new? Who is yeah. this? <laughs> you know, but holy shit, they got Suzuki. You know. Mm-hmm. And God, he had to do an actual making towns jaunt during one of them because he had to go from St. Louis to North Carolina back to St. Louis in a weekend. I'm like, oh God. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine that. <laughs> I can't imagine that that travel was, was fun. Yeah, for sure. But uh yeah, I mean that that, that was probably the most I mean in, in very many ways Suzuki is a, a should be considered a wrestler of the year candidate just in general, you know? I think a lot of people are gravitating towards Brian Danielson. But and not 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 to take it away from Brian Danielson because he took the, the summer off at that and then just came back with consistent bangers throughout the remainder of including the year. against Suzuki we might add exactly mm-hmm. yep but so it's it's things to be discussed down the line because I think with 2021 one of the things that we can look at that I think for a lot of people they probably consider it a down point to a certain extent as well. If they were just following the overall flow of the new Japan cards, I think the house of torture does need to be talked about to an extent. And don't get me wrong. Like as the two of us who have watched new Japan for quite some time at this point, this isn't anything that uncommon. It's bullet club. They've been known for doing interference stuff for years at this point. Yeah. I just find it kind of interesting how it's when the Japanese guys that are doing it that Western Twitter gets up in arms about it. But if it was the same elite guys that were doing it when they were around three, four years ago, I don't think we hear the voices being as loud as they are. And that's bleh, to say the least. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, let, uh, let's face it. Nobody actually likes the House of Torture. <laughs> It was a. It's a dumb idea. It is a dumb stable. We still don't know why show got shuffled off to it when there was like the most boring solution possible to what as to what to do with uh, what what to do with show, you know. But you know, at the same time, uh, you know, I I I, I don't want to be that guy to call somebody out in in my mentions, but. We got a comment about the superstars living like, what the hell are you talking about? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know the yeah, one. I, I think I think you yeah, know the I, one. I didn't I didn't get it specifically, but I just figured, okay, 
whatever at this point, just let it slide accordingly because you haven't watched it in three years. So, you know. Yeah, I just... Your opinion, yeah. your opinion, I think an opinion can only go so far. And I'm not going to go as far as saying that the House of Torture is like the worst thing that they've done this year. That honor still goes to having Kodo Ibushi drop the title in the first defense to Will Ospreay. But I do think in particular that while the interference stuff is meant to draw heat and to make people think, oh yeah, these are the bad guys and we should be you know, disliking them accordingly. I do think it does get to a point where it is, there is a point where overkill happens. And I don't think, unfortunately, I think it's not to the benefit of guys like Evo to Yojiro to show in this case, to have that as the kind of overall showcase for them, because that's what they're going to be like uh, associated with first rather than the actual wrestling stuff that they tend to do in this case. Yeah. But, but, I, but I mean, it's not an uncommon, it's not an uncommon idea for Bullet Club to have a subunit. We have seen this before. It's not an out of left field concept to see them interfering in matches. This has been a prevailing thing for years. Just as we've said on the show many times, Western Pro Twitter just needs to learn how to shut the fuck up most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I can't uh, disagree with that one. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, breaking news. Speaking of one Mr. Minoru Suzuki, did you see what he was up to today, New Year's Day? Uh, negative, I can't say that I have. He, he beat Hikaru Sato, his partner, not two days ago, in a no-disqualification match. He went 40 minutes. This was in a hard hit. My goodness. In a hard hit at Shinkiba First Ring. <laughs> well, Suzuki's keeping himself busy. Fair enough. Boy. God love that. You know what? Wrestling's in trouble if he ever hangs it up. You know? Just wrestling in general is in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is some light at the end of this tunnel here. And I know it, it, and I know it seems maybe a little facetious that we're ending the show on, on a bad year. But you know what? We weathered the bad year <laughs> before we ended yeah. the show. The, the, the actual like year that made, made us nearly go, fuck this, we're getting lasagna. Uh, we got through that. So <laughs> lasagna. <laughs> lasagna. I don't know. That was the first thing that came to mind for some reason in terms of food. So, oh. Well, because there's a there's a there's a particular uh, lasagna uh, uh, association with Arsenal fandom. Oh, that I didn't know. Oh, so. yeah, because it was the last day of the 2005 2006 season, and uh, it was a match between West Ham United and Tottenham Hotspur. If Spurs would have won, they they could have gone above Arsenal, but they like ten first teamers got food poisoning from eating a dodgy lasagna the night before. Ooh. And they they went ahead with the match, but then afterwards, the uh, whoever I think it was Martin Yall was was Spurs manager at the time, and he demanded that we they replay the match afterwards. Like, get the fuck out of here! So yeah. So, was... so basically, so basically, the moral of the story is that regardless of the year and regardless of the circumstances, being a Spurs fan is suffering. Good to know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't recommend it. <laughs> 
I know people who are in that fandom, and I just feel sorry for them every yeah, time I'm, that I hear. Yeah, my my about father it. is in that. My father is in that fandom. I watched the Champions League final between Liverpool and Tottenham with him, and yes, I was celebrating. <laughs> Liverpool the whole way with my idiot brother asking me, come on, don't you feel bad for dad? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> he knows what side my, he knows which side I support. <laughs> it's like he picked his grave. He can lie in it now. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically there, there, there's a whole bunch of wrestling happening. Um, and yeah, you know what? Again, I'm not going to slag off New Japan. Yeah, it was a very down year. Uh, we got through the down year, but you know, again, circumstances between the two of us have changed. Uh, I mean, not that you know we've had a falling out or anything. Just want to put that to bed. We we still talk every damn day, pretty much. But it's just, yeah, I I, I think we do need a break from this show for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, it, we, we we may miss this within three weeks. You know? Yeah, you just never know. Uh, like we said, we don't have a specific timetable set in place after episode eighty is uh, done and wrapped up for. Uh, who knows? New Japan could pick up on a considerable manner uh, of things to where we decide to go. Okay, I guess we'll uh, record an episode. Who knows? Uh, it's a wait and see. But what we do know is coming up. At the very least, is that it, it is this time of the year. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom is upon us again. And the cards are in place. We have it happening for three nights this time around, including one very special night on the 8th at, in Yokohama. Yeah, we haven't and even. Point, yeah, yeah, we have not even been able to discuss this. So this will actually be the first time you and I have been discussing this on a podcast. Yeah, so I think it's as perfect of a time to get into it as any at this point. Let, let, so. Let's do it. Let's just do it. Um,. So yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 16, the 16th. And this is not the 16th January 4th Dome Show, of course. This is just the. Uh, this is actually, I think, the 31st January 4th Dome Show. Um, but it is uh, the the 16th under the name Wrestle Kingdom. This is the. Um, this is the third multi-night event. And let's face it, when they first announced it was going to be three nights. I think we all kind of rolled our eyes a little bit, but then when we had that press conference in uh, in late November detailing what the third night was going to be, we were like, oh, God, <laughs> this is going to be massive. The most interesting part for us in particular from our discussions during that time is that we didn't notice at the same time, uh, A, I kind of brought up the point that I'm like, wait a minute. So the timing which New Japan is doing a press conference happens to coincide at the same time that Noah is doing a press conference. Same day, same time. And then you were the one who pointed it out to me and to Dave and Lee, who were in the kind of group chat with from the days the days of Thunder Boys in question, in which you pointed out that, yeah, um, the Abima ownership is something that uh, New Japan's parent company has a stake in. It's, so, well, no, no, not their parent company. It, it's no. not their parent company. It is. Uh, let me see if I can get that percentage somewhere. But it was yeah, something it's, like it's, it's something percent, like yeah, 50, it's, it's like o- over fifty percent is owned by Cyberfight, and then like something like Bushi 30, Road has no, not Bushi Road TV Asahi. Oh, TV. Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the TV stake. 
situation. Yes, which, you know, but TV Asahi are a minority partner in New Japan and also are the facilitator of NJPW World. So, yeah, I think TV Asahi could convince Bushiro to come to the table real easily. And then, as it turns out, Well, you broke you you broke out there. Oh goodness! Uh, I've mentioned, and lo and behold, they ended up doing that because that press conference was the joint New Japan Noah uh, January eighth show in Yokohama, uh, which is going to be its own pay per view event. But I believe uh, the funds of it are all being donated right to a certain charity. I can't yes, well, I, I, I'll oh. get into that here shortly. Let, 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 let's run okay. down. Let, let's run down the 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 new, the Tokyo Dome portion first, and then we'll, we'll yeah, talk in right. much greater detail about the January eighth show. Sure thing. Um, mm-hmm. So let, let's concentrate on that. So January fourth, of course, the traditional day of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, are you going to be watching these live? Chris? Uh, probably not because they are happening during the course of the week and with me having work at like 8 a.m. in the morning each time. Probably what I'm going to be doing is uh, going to sleep fairly early, so I'm avoiding spoilers, doing my 8 to 5 shift, and then just watching them that particular evening after because... uh, being up with. The eighth show, yes, because it'll be on a weekend. But the fourth and the fifth, no. Well, Chris, uh, I took the week off. <laughs> Ooh, good for you. There you go. Uh, circumstances did not allow me to take any time during the Christmas or New Year's period, so I took this week off, and yes, I will be watching live. <laughs> there you go. Hey, the roles are reversed for once on that, so good stuff. Kind of weird, yeah. I, of course, now i got to look up what time I actually had to be up by in order to watch mm-hmm. these live. but uh, For sure. So anyway, let's let's get down to it. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 16, January 4th and 5th, uh, both will be live on NGPW World, or if you want to pay money uh, to fight TV, go right ahead. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. stop you. Um, the January 4th show opens up, of course, with the Rambo, which will be KOPW 2022. The last four remaining will be the first provisional champion of the new year. It's got to be Toriyano, isn't it? <laughs> we all know. It's, it's, it's Toriyano and three other people that are going to be involved on the fifth. That, so, will, not be, that will not be Toriyano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Oh, my goodness. Uh, so then our first match proper, a grudge match, uh, Yo versus Sho. Um, this is a rubber match between them. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be good yeah I'm kind of excited for it to see how they're going to play it out if it's going to be a situation in which they let uh, show kind of get uh, win back considering uh, the situation with them during best of super juniors or if yo does it again and just kind of continues this upward momentum that he's had over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks here so. You know, you, you know, Wrestle Kingdom really usually is where the baby faces win. Mm-hmm. I think we we know this, right? Yeah, more often than not. So it's a uh, it's very much a wait and see approach, but uh, I, I do think it's going to be a fun match between them. Uh, as we mentioned, the Rapongi breakup was a thing that happened. Show kind of looked initially to be the clear cut star out of the two, but Yo has raised the stock up 
considerably uh, over the last couple of it, it, it's got to be said that a lot of the what helped show look like that was his performance in Glade against Takanori Ito in that UWF match mm-hmm, for you sure know? so you know hey uh well by the way uh that Glade show yeah what the last UWF match on that card was um Takanori Ito versus the big dog Shuji Ishikawa. Oh my goodness. Yep. Good lord. Whew. Uh, second match. Second match proper on the. Oh, we'll just call it the third match. Fuck it. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Rocky Romero versus Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. How do you think uh, Master Wado feels now that his regular partner has dished him for you know Rocky again? Well. Tough break. So, they need to do something. Up, they need to do. Some... They need to do something with 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 Hirai Kawato now because you yeah, know, Master Wado is dead in the water. I think it's one of those things in which we've tried a couple things with Master Wado at this point. There's been some moments here and there, but either make him just an outright grandmaster via some sort of turn, or just bring him back to Hirai Kawato. Do whatever it is that you've got to do just to make sure that he the boy gets a little more shine there and shows what he is capable of at this point rather than just being in limbo that'd be fun yeah. to see him it's, so. it's a shame because we all know what skill he has it's just yeah definitely nothing's happening so uh we then get tetsuya naido sonata and bushi versus jeff cobb great okan and <clears throat> will osprey yeah so this is just basically kind of the hold over to an extent in which obviously we have Tetsuya Naito and Jeff Cobb uh, and Sonata and Great Okan involved in singles matches the following night. Yeah. But well, it's a circumstance. So is Osprey, but not this yeah. one. Yeah. So Osprey exactly, is clearly yeah. going to pin Bushi in this one. <laughs> which, thanks. I hate it already. Yeah. I, I hate I it know. so much. <laughs> okay. Here's one we're going to have some emotions about. Yep. Katsuyori Shibata returning in a grappling-only exhibition match against a mystery opponent. So, let's do the easy one first. Who do you think the mystery opponent's going to be? I think it could be a circumstance where if they need a slot to put in Minoru Suzuki, that's one there. Um... Kazushi Sakuraba could be a possible one. That, 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 those are my be, two choices right there. Yeah, those are the two choices. I think if there is an interesting wild card choice, if you want to reintroduce him into the uh, New Japan spectrum of things, Shota Umido could be slotted in this one. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. But you think they would have announced that, I mean, though? You would think, but also the idea of Shota just showing up as a mystery opponent to surprise everybody involved, that he's back from excursion and, you know, grapple wrestles accordingly with Shibata. Hey, that there's there's room for that. But could, they could he, also go could to, he, though? Who knows? Uh, that, that would be interesting oh, in that regard. Okay, you know what? I just th- thought of one. Mm-hmm. Why not Ren? Why not Ren Narita? Yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, otherwise, yeah, if they wanted to go the safe route with that, Ren Narita would be one because of the obvious LA Dojo connection at this point. And it'd be a reintroduction to Ren in the New Japan 
Japan side of the spectrum rather than the NJOA portion that he's been. Yeah, if you're gonna reintroduce, if you're gonna reintroduce shooter, it has to be along with a certain someone, and that certain someone is clearly not available right now. Fair, so, fair enough. Yeah. In my opinion, but then there's also the other elephant in the room: should this match even be happening? Yeah, because it's also the circumstances of the fact that they're going into grappling rooms only very much means that. Bushi Road, TVSI, everybody involved are still very much worried that Shibata's brain is mushy as all hell. Like, and I get that probably it's Shibata's stubbornness that finally got him this, but I think if these are just going to be the types of matches that he does every once in a blue moon, that we can't really consider it a full kind of return to action at this point because he's not going to be doing the same stuff that he's been known for doing for many a years well that that's true and, and in fairness brian danielson was in a similar similar ish situation i don't think it was as fatal yeah. as where shibata was but he's been okay since returning uh yeah. and i'm talking about from years back when he was still in wwe and he made his return um, yes, exactly. The fact that they're not allowing any striking in this, okay, that makes me feel a lot better. Where it, mm-hmm. if it's going to be grappling only, yeah, and I think this is a fi- this is fine for them to do that as it is, just with the uh, grappling rules as a whole, and yeah, see where it goes from here. But, but I you think know, I, that I, I, just keeping it to grappling rules is enough to where they're still concerned about like his head and the conditions with it to not allow any striking of any kind. Yeah, but Chris, so. you, you still remember, I still remember to this day the, the, the episode that you, myself, and Steve recorded. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it, that, that episode still fucking haunts me, quite frankly, you know? Yeah, it's still very much like, it's still a situation which not only do we remember it vividly, we remember reacting to it like immediately afterward with the news that broke out on the aftermath of that match and everything that led to the aftermath of it. It was shocking and terrifying in a lot of ways. And just really at this point, it, it is, his, as we mentioned before, even in previous episodes, it is Shibata's decision at this point to do whatever he sees fit. Like, it's his life, not ours. Uh, we just hope that it's a, so that he's being put in the best circumstances possible to avoid anything of that nature from what happened a couple of years ago. Did you ever go so back? And, did you ever go back and watch that match again? No, I've seen gifts of it here and there once in a blue moon because other people have posted it, but never really have had the uh, wherewithal to go back to it and watch it from beginning to end again. Okay, good because neither have I. I, I, I don't, <laughs> and I never will. I, I, I can't. I just can't do it. You know, it, it, it would, it, it, yeah. yeah, anyway. Anyway, so, yeah, so, well, yeah, some reasonable choices as to who the opponent could be. I mean, Suzuki would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Sakuraba would uh, actually add some hype to the NJPW versus Noah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Plus, there's history there as well, too, obviously, oh, yeah. with Laughter 7 being a thing. Right, of course. And then, um, you know, Either Shooter or Narita would mm-hmm. be fine. Narita may be the safest pick. I agree. I think so. Mm-hmm. Because God knows that they could probably have rehearsed this match 
multiple times to the cows come arena at yeah. the dojo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, the never open weight championship, uh, Tomohiro Ishii defeating, well, he beat Jay White for this title, lending credence to the idea, uh, Jay may be on the way out, uh, versus, uh, another presumptive leader of the blood club evil and his house of God awful torture. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think there will be shenanigans on this one between, the chaos guys that are going to be involved the next night in the uh, trios tag for the titles and House of Torture guys involved. But I think overall, this should be a fun brawl between the two of them. They tend to bring out the best out of each other on that front. So, but boy, uh, but boy has Takaaki Watanabe, just his stock and his, well, let's face it, his quality have just not been there. And I think this is a match to prove that he's still very much got that within him is just allowing him the canvas to do so at this point more than anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you're probably right. I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe he will bring it. Maybe he'll surprise us. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. The IWGP heavyweight tag team championship, uh, dangerous techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre jr. Versus the world tag league, 2021 winners, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. You think, Dangerous Techers retains. I actually think, you know what? Why not have Goto and Yoshihashi win it just for a little bit? Fair. That I could see that happening as well. It also would be sort of the company's whole, hey, congratulations on, you know, being back for 10 years now from your excursion. Here's the title on the anniversary of that. Yeah, well, stay tuned up for that point. Um the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, El Desperado defending against his ne- his mutual nemesis, Hiromu Takahashi. And let's talk about this for a moment, because, yes, the juniors getting a semi-main dome spot is completely worth it, not just because Hiromu is a guy that you know you can trust at this spot and who is still pushing very much for the juniors to main event the dome at some point or another, but let's talk about Desperado as well, because... Quietly, he put in a very good 2021, dating back to the very beginning of it there, in which he matched Kota Ibushi blow for blow on the last uh, double gold defense before the unification of the titles. Uh, And just, El Desperado has been on strength to strength throughout the course of this year. El Desperado has had a hell of a year. Despite this being the down Mm -hmm. year, he, he has shown... Yeah, he has brought it, and he's more than earned the, his semi-main dome spot this time around. And one of the things that I do love as well, too, is because on the press conference that we had for the shows themselves that did happen a couple of days back, where he was talking, uh, Desperado was talking about the frustration that he felt about not being at that level when Liger retired and not partaking place on that retirement match, and that Hiromu and Dragon Lee had those honors, like, instead of him at the time, sort of that being a driving motivation uh, situation like that. And I know Wrestle Kingdom, as you mentioned, it tends to be the place where the baby faces tend to have uh, their due, and we could very well see Hiroba walking away with another junior heavyweight reign after a hellacious match, but... Personally, I would go with the bold call of letting Desperado retain here just to prove that 
while Hiromu is still the ace of the division, he has an equal in it, which is not something that Hiromu has had for quite some time at this point, uh, arguably dating back to when Kushida was holding the case to the throne on that regard. So yeah, you, you make a convincing argument. I'm, I'm going to retort, though, is that I would agree with that had it not been for the fact that Hiromu already had failed a junior heavyweight challenge this year because, remember, he did not he, – he, he failed to beat Robbie Eagles True. at Wrestle Grand yes. Slam in MetLife Dome. So that's why I think they're going to give it to Hiromu. And remember, none of this may have happened had Hiromu not fucked his shoulder up. Yeah, there's also that, definitely. Desperado may have not have... Been holding the title. Yeah. yeah, Desperado may not never have been given this ascension had that happened, had that not happened. Mm-hmm. So, which, which is fine. Again, Desperado took it and ran with it, and he more than proved that, yes, that was the right call. So absolutely no beef with that. I just think that, yeah, if Hiromu wants to prove that he's a draw and that he can, you know, he can go above the semi-main at a dome show, then he needs to win this, I think. Fair enough, yeah. I I can see where both points are coming from on that. Either way, this is gonna match. Gonna be a match that delivers in every way of the spectrum. To roll oh, I, always been good for great matches. Oh so. yeah, I, I am. This may be the match I'm looking forward to the most on the first night, except for possibly this main event, which will be the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Shingo Takagi defending against Kazuchika Okada. Layers upon fucking layers in this one. Not least of which because this is, of course, the 10th anniversary of the Rainmaker. Yep. A lot of intrigue there. And, you know, wouldn't it be sweet if, assuming, okay, let's just say, for example, Shingo does win and retains. What what line do you think he should tell Okada? Oh, boy. Just imagine. Like the, uh, IWGP is not for you. <laughs> yeah, just and it, it almost feels like in a way with the build up to this, with because as we mentioned, the build up to this seems as to have very much been putting Shingo as the current champion, sort of as the third wheel to Okada's G1 championship, in which he decided, hey, I don't want a briefcase anymore. Give me my fucking belt back. Yeah. <laughs> you know the belt. You oh, know yeah. the one. And oh, we all which know. Is, honestly, it's a brilliant touch at this point, and I'm okay with just using the fourth generation belt as the... If you're going to go forward with the heavyweight title format, as it is, why not just use the fourth uh, generation belt as the G1 championship, basically, for the carrier to hold around until it's Wrestle Kingdom time. Yeah. Might as well get you. Might as well keep getting use of possibly the best belt that one of the best belts that were created for the company as a whole. Well, so, one, of the, one, of the, one of the best wrestling title belts ever created. Let's just be exactly. honest. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. but iconic in every iconic in every manner. I do think that the safe bet here is Okada finally reascends back to the throne. Tenth year anniversary of the Rainmaker. You know. 
gets it done. And, and, and 50th and, and, and the 50th anniversary of New Japan, lest we forget. Yeah, exactly. Like Okada's the ace of the company. Whether people like it or not, that's the reality there. So that is the safest result that they could do. And I wouldn't be mad at that by any stretch of the imagination. But, you uh, know... but I do think it would be really interesting if Shingo won here and basically, uh, again proved himself as Okada's better as of this time, and then so, went on in the next night to finish some real unsettled business that's been hanging on around since February. So, okay, so in Okada's favor, Shingo already beat Okada twice. Yes, very so, much so. It, so, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, do they give Okada, you know, a, a win on this? I mean, Shingo would still have, you know, the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that Shingo has been able to beat Okada before, and it twice, doesn't twice in twenty twenty one. Exactly, it doesn't diminish the fact that Shingo was a worthy champion during the time in which his, this has happened. But I do think it all also would be a sweet kind of thing to see the guy that's been undermined this much during the course of the build build be the one who runs the whole table throughout the next two nights and just goes haha fuck you i win yeah i i would prefer i mean my preferred choice obviously honestly is shingo mm-hmm. uh and and, and to it, it, it uh, i just sorry i just lost my <laughs> i just derailed there um working in shingo's favor is that at least in the briefcase era the, the briefcase g1 ch- winner challenges at the dome era of uh, of wrestle kingdom uh history favors the champion going in yeah for the most part uh yeah ibushi now mind you two out of the last three years the challenger has won because mm-hmm. tanahashi beat uh kenny omega yes and then, you know, last year, uh, Ibushi beat Tetsuya Naido. Cody Ibushi mm-hmm. beat Tetsuya Naido. But before that, the last time that had happened, prior to Wrestle Kingdom 13, the last time that had happened was Wrestle Kingdom 5. Mm-hmm. You know? So history does favor the champion in this match. Yeah. So, so but boy. Very, yeah, very interested to see how this was. I, wouldn't, I won't be mad with either result on it, but my heart wants Shingo to go through and just run the table at this there, point. There are, so. I mean, you know, there are very many reasons why it would benefit New Japan to have Okada do it. There are also very many reasons that would benefit New Japan if Shingo were to retain. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, 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 I'm fully Team Shingo. Of course, that we are, we at this household are a house divided on this point. <laughs> Because I think I, I, my, my, my honey, of course, firmly with Team Okada. Is in the Okada camp. Which oh, yeah. Is under, which is understandable, given circumstances and many of the things that we've talked about on previous episodes before. So, like, I get it. I mean, that, that's what got her into wrestling was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada and that feud. So, you know. Yep. There's a sweet spot there, for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's January 4th in a nutshell. Uh, that's the first of two nights, though, because we have a night on January 5th where we're getting more dome things happening. Uh, Some interesting ones at that, too. So. Uh, yeah, January 5th uh, begins with a to-be-determined um, 
uh, pre-show or opening match, so we don't even know what it is yet. Could be could be Young Lions, could be uh, dads doing dad stuff. Just depends. It could be we'll both. <laughs> it could yeah. be both. Could be both. Yeah, both. yeah. exactly. So uh, we go from there. We then have uh, the first match proper, uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship three-way match between the current champions, Flying Tiger, uh, Robbie Eagles, and uh, Tiger Mask 4, versus the Mega Coaches, Ryusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero, versus Bullet Club's cutest tag team, (laughs) Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo. Which is basically Taiji being the cutest one for both of them involved. So, you know, fair. I mean, one man carrying the way. entire team. That sounds about right. You know, we, we, we have all talked about, uh, you know, Suzuki working GCW and all that on his tour. Can we give a little bit of praise, a belated praise to Taiji Ishimori for that match he had against Tony Deppen in GCW yeah. that same night, uh, the night fun. that Suzuki yeah. fought Homicide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taiji a... Ishimori is very good at professional wrestling. So It turns out. Plain and simple as that. Um, uh, I think this could have a couple of fun spots here and there. It's been fun to see Tiger Mask 4 involved in kind of a major way with a title for the first time in eons as well. Yeah, but then then he kept getting washed in the World Tag League with with Nagata. (laughs) Yeah, which... which This is is a guy who actually holds a title and you're washing him, you know? Yeah, which is unfortunate, but I get it. Heavyweights, juniors... Whatever it is, what it is at this point. Yeah, but um, Tiger Mask. I think Tiger Mask is one of those. You know what? He he should be winning more. But mm-hmm. but then again, I mean, he was teamed with Nagata, and you know the, the the dads didn't do so hot either. So I mean, well, not yeah, not, not as bad as Suzuki and Taka, because by no stretch of the imagination. But I do think yeah, this one in particular. It's either a retention or it's the mega coaches going over. I don't think they go to Ishimori and El Fantasma on this. I don't know. I just yeah, don't see it. Yeah, but Rocky working so much at New Japan of America. I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. It could be a. It could. It could be a defense just with chicanery involved at this point. But either way, good on five out of these six. We're getting a spot in the card. Okay, so this next match, I, I may have to leave a lot of the explanation up to you because you are the stardom guy out of the two of not us. As, not as much, but I think at the very least I can go over the basics. That, well, I can is, go over the basics. I can go over the yeah. basics at least. So, long story short, uh, the, the, the the second actual match on the card is a stardom match that is actually on the main card, not an opening, not, not yeah. a pre-show match. So, uh, yeah, progress, everybody. There we go. Finally. It's actually it's on happened. the main card. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I remember correctly, I guess there was a drawing where everybody had to draw they, like straws. Drew, yes, the the yeah the five major factions in Stardom, which are Stars, Oedotai, Cosmic Angels, Queen's West, and Donna Del Mondo. They all had to draw lots. Uh, Suri was the one drawing lots for Donna Del Mondo since Julia was out with injury at the time. Uh, and she, she drew the lot that didn't get to take part in this match. And the teams were made that way with uh, Mayu Iwatami, the leader of stars. And uh, now Oedo Tai's star-like kid, who used to be in stars at one point before a particular 
particular match was lost in which uh, Starlight Kid had to switch sides, and she sort of embraced the evil side of things. So her and uh, Yuwatami having to team up again is going to be super interesting for the semantics on that regard against uh, Leader of Cos- Cosmic Angels in Tom Nakano again, and uh, Saya Kamitami of Queen's Quest. Uh, in between those two, it's interesting because those two just went at it for uh, the white belt in stardom, and Saya beat uh, Tom just a couple of weeks back for that belt as a matter of question. Ooh. So there's also going to be a little bit of history there between the two. Yeah. But... And Mayumi Watani is basically, she's in the, well, I mean, she's basically in the Io Shirai spot nowadays, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the kind of the elder statesman at this point for the most part. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I do have some hope that we're eventually going to start getting stardom content on NJPW world. Cause I really would like to watch some more stardom, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be nice. I think, I think at some point the integration of stardom world and new Japan world in one banner, I think would be very, I think for Bushi road, that should be the money making play for them as a streaming service. It have should be, but then we have the whole contract saying because with, with NTV, you know, cause stardom True. has the contract with N, with NTV whilst, you know, TV Asahi has, you know, and uh, NTV and TV Asahi are, you know, rivals. <laughs> competing yeah. so networks it's, it's it's very much a situation in which i wonder if it's just as we mentioned before if it's just waiting until a certain contract ends with ntv and then just to bring everything under the asahi umbrella just so they can do that but then obviously it kind of becomes a situation of who houses what content for like previous stardom stuff as well and kind of how that plays a hand into certain things so who knows uh but it would be fun to see more matches of this nature make its way not only on the shows for offer matches like this, but obviously for future streamlined content for those who might have New Japan World and need a way to access start and stuff. Yeah, so. I think yeah, I think it would be great. Well I hope it happens. I obviously it can't happen now, but I hope it does happen in the future. Uh we then get the uh KOPW twenty twenty two four way match. So it's Toriano versus three other chumps who are gonna lose, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Wait and see approach. Wait and see approach. <laughs> so moving on to the never open weight six man tag team championships, uh, the House of Torture, uh, Evil Yujiro Takahashi and Show defending against a new configuration from Chaos, uh, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yo. Mm-hmm. So again, playing onto the Show and Yo singles match. Oh, you dropped again. I think it's a lot of it. Oops, hold on. Better? Yeah, worse? yeah better. Here? Okay. I do think this one in particular is going to play a hand on what the show and yo result is from the previous night. And chicanery will happen. But I do think it's still too early on this ring for House of Torture to drop it. So I do think they retain on this one. Hmm. I mean, you might be right. You might be right. Um. Then we get a uh, grudge match, Sonata versus Great Ocon. Um, I am Team Ocon on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think it's going to be fun, and I do think this is probably where they may use it to have Ocon get a big singles win under the Tokyo Dome banner just to, again, add on to kind of a very 
very good 2021 for him. I do think he deserves to be rewarded accordingly. And I think Sonata isn't going to lose anything for that either on that front. So it should be fun between them. Uh, Continuing Los Ingobernables versus the United Empire, Tetsuya Naido versus Jeff Cobb. This is going to be fun. And again, Tetsuya Naito causing problems on purpose is what led to this match happening, which is just so great. Just, <laughs> it's kind of what he does. I mean, that's just... 100%. He's just like, what? Uh, it's like, I need to find something to do at the Tokyo Dome. Annoy somebody enough that they are screaming and begging for a match against you is very much on brand. I mean, it's very... it's a very classic trope and not the only classic trope we're going to discuss here coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, sure. you know... Yeah, we gotta love it. I hope. I I think Naito's gonna win this one, though. I do as well, uh, but I do still think it's gonna be fun between them. Cobb is gonna. Cobb has been making the most out of these big time performances against these high tier like guys on the New Japan scale of the spectrum. Like he showed out against Okada in just about every single singles match that they had against each other throughout 2021, and I don't think it's gonna be any different with Naito. Yeah, you know, so. it, it has to be said, Jeff Cobb has probably benefited the most from going under the empire banner. Yeah, for sure. Cause he seems a lot more folk, like an actual focus in his character now, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's one thing, God, you know, it, we like nearly everybody in this table, except for it's a leader. <laughs> exactly. Oh no. And, uh, Oh the, yeah. Uh, and TJP. You know. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. Shit. Uh, the semi-main of January 5th, the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship, no DQ match, Kenta versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, those two are going to bring the house down on that. Like, there is no doubt in my mind that uh, Kenta wants to just prove that he is, like, the guy who should have been holding the U.S. Championship all this entire time, and his performances are going to indicate as much. And Tanahashi always brings something special to the Dome each and every year. So this is going to be fun between them. I can't wait. It, two two generational rival rivals that never really had the chance because they were in exactly. different companies the whole time. You know? Yeah, just, yep, yeah, it's that time. Uh, so bring it on at this point. So. So, and then the main event, uh, in which either the winner of Shingo Takagi versus, in which the winner of Shingo Takagi versus Kazuchika Okada, who will be the holding reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, will face off against the pretender with a replica belt, Will mm-hmm. Ospreay. Uh, I'm going to make a controversial statement here, which is this is actually a very good angle. It's just we all hate it because it's Osprey. Exactly. That is that is the long ter- the long and short of it right there. Where does anyone else like where does Kota Ibushi, for example, like if he had to like vacate the title due to injury or what have you and came back in this spot, we would have been one hundred percent okay with it. it. It is just the fact that it is Will Osprey who is the less said about him the better. We've covered this guy enough times and like his issues and everything in between and just hating his guts as it stands. So, yeah. So again, again, it's a very classic wrestling trope. It's a very classic wrestling trope and there is nothing wrong with it. It's just that it's Osprey and we can't stand him. So therefore the angle gets shit on. 
But I think there is an interesting aspect regardless of who does win on the fourth here because if it is Okada, it is very much uh, the guy who's been big brothering Walt Osprey for the last couple of years, you know, trying to prove the little brother who is the king of the jungle and what have you at this point. And but there was an but, active feud between Shingo and Osprey this year too. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Shingo and, still has a couple of unavenged losses to Osprey at this point too. That yeah, he, he needs to get that. To yeah, and he needs to get. Yeah, he needs to. That, this is also partially why I think Shingo is going to win. I hope Shingo wins because they need to pay that angle off. It, it's not only just paying that off, but let's remember too. This second night, there is a lot of Los Ingobernables versus United Empire matches happening. So if you want to make it a kind of, you know, best of three situation there, Okan takes one, Naito takes the other, and it's kind of the rubber match, if you will, between the two factions there. Oh, I agree. I agree. And trust me, yeah, it may be the 10th anniversary of the Rainmaker, but it is also the 50th anniversary of New Japan. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Okada to to get another shot in in the quarter Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do think Okada wouldn't be hurt. It could be even a situation in which if they decide to have Okada take the New Japan Cup in full and finally get his win come Dominion time, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Or Sakura Genesis. Well, probably closer to Sakura Genesis. Genesis yeah. Yeah. You're right, you're right. No, I think I think that would work as well, too. I don't think he would be hurt by or, any or, stretch of the imagination for that. Hey, I, I actually maybe have a... a, a uh, I maybe have a curveball... Of when that could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does the 16th of April sound? New beginning? No. That would be the joint New Japan All Japan show for the 60th anniversary of Cork and Hall. Yeah, that is very much a thing that's happening there. Because as well. remember, it's also All Japan's 50th anniversary. And we all knew, I, I knew that the second that they announced a car with Noah and said it was a 50th anniversary of it, I said there is no fucking way that they're not going to do a joint New Japan All Japan card in 2022. Yep. At least one. We got the announcement for that. And we got the announcement for that. So there is that. But I do also think, as you mentioned as well, because not only. We're mentioning a couple of dates, but the New Beginning does come to mind as well. Because remember, New Beginning was when the Rainmaker shock did happen. Oh, that is true. Anniversary of that. So oh, that is very we could true. Also, we could we could kind of postpone that until New Beginning, and then Okada somehow gets the shot and gets it done. So, but also, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say the winner of that match it will be either Shingo or Okada. It will not mm-hmm. be Osprey because. On the 8th, we will have Russell Kingdom 16 in Yokohama Arena. Will Ospreay is not booked for that show, but Okada and Shingo are. They are Mm -hmm. definitely going to... The IWGP World Heavyweight Champion is definitely going to participate in a match against Noah. Exactly. It will be 100% represented in that card. Um, At this point, uh, I know there's been... One defense then, and I think on the fourth, uh, the current no, the current GHC heavyweight champion in Katsuhiko Nakajima, I believe he is making another defense of that before the eighth comes along on that. So we will. Oh, is that right? Here. I think so. Ooh. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but on the 
triple check that the uh, Noah cards on that front here. Okay, okay. So, yeah, let me know because I, I hadn't gone that far in the Noah. Because I know, yeah, I know he defended it last night against uh, Go Shiozaki. Yeah, front, uh, at, so. at, at the new year, yeah. So, so on that note, let's transition to January the 8th, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 16 in Yokohama Arena, the first ever Wrestle Kingdom event not to be held at the Tokyo Dome. And this is the much ballyhooed New Japan versus Noah show that pretty much rescued this whole card for us, I think, in our <laughs> estimation. You know? Yeah, it was very much us going, why are they doing three nights? What the shit is going on here? And then. Oh, so that's why. Um, so to bring up something that you mentioned, this show will not be live on NGPW World. You can only buy it through Abima. Uh, there are links. I, I've posted the link several times on the blog. I will post it again before the show happens. I believe it should be mentioned, I believe, that a week after it should be on Wrestle Universe. I think according to... Well, uh, it'll, be on NG- during it'll be on NGPW World on tape delay as well. It will so be, yeah, it'll be there. It'll be on tape delay a week later. Yes, for both. Yeah, the, the reason products. why the reason why they are only doing this on the pay per view is because proceeds from this car will go to Japan's Red Cross Association, which is a very good cause. Good on them for that. So like, I am more than hundred percent okay with them going that route. So and speaking of Wrestle Universe, uh, if you signed up for that deal uh, back in October. You paid for it already. You, you paid it, for it because yeah, it, it hit my account yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah, it did the same to mine as well. It did it did it to mine. I think actually on the thirtieth on my end, oh, which did is it? fine. Oh. Like I was I was planning I was planning on keeping it regardless. So like, yeah, I'm good with that. yeah. Well, I mean, we had yeah, that was it. We couldn't cancel it before. That was part of the deal. If you you couldn't can't you weren't allowed to cancel it beforehand. But hey, mm-hmm. you got three months worth of shows, and I we got to see some major matches in that. In that yeah, time. a lot of a lot of good shows that happened during from, that time too. Both Noah perfect. and DDT, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I guess Zero One's show yesterday is on Wrestle Universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. So got a, a couple a couple of good Tokyo Joshi shows on there as well too. For those who do follow that, so there oh, is yes. that. Oh yeah, but, so, yeah. It, it, it was definitely well worth the, the 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 amount. The only thing, again, I just wish all these fucking services would have Fire Stick apps so I can watch them on my TV. Rather than watching it. Makes sense. Makes but sense. But at the same time, given I also understand maybe why not, given that the Firestick uh UI for NJPW World is still trash, so <laughs> But hey, at the very least, we've got a card in place. It is very much New Japan versus Noah in every aspect of it. Uh Let's get to it at this point. Let's get to it. Yeah, I mean, now, you know, Noah is a a thing we've kind of talked about in hushed tones. Uh, Of course, historically, I was there for the formation of, you know, the original formation of Noah when, you know, the All Japan breakaway happened. I actually reported it. I reported on it at the time for LordsOfPain.net. Shout out to that old crew. Because, yeah, the formation of it and the apex of it, because they were the number one company in Japan for quite a few years. Oh, now. yeah, I think. And reason wasn't that, that. wasn't that when you got into wrestling, that was the Japanese promotion you started following was Noah? Yeah, it was initially Noah because I saw the Kobashi Misawa match from 2002 where Kobashi finally beat Misawa for the first, excuse me, for the first time ever. 
in the singles match. So God, yeah, that oh, and yeah, he, Noah was, was yeah, a bomb. Started, yeah, and that was when he started that reign of this too with the thirteen defenses. Oh, so and, and and just for context, good, kids, just for context, at the time, New Japan was trash. All Japan was still kind of recovering. I mean, this was, you know, post Mudo jump too, you know, so yeah. Japanese wrestling in the early two thousands, boy, so much, so much to write a book. Maybe that'll be me. Maybe that'll be me. Yeah. Maybe I should, you know what? You know what? You started writing articles, a book kind of would be the next step. Chris, you know what? God damn it. Maybe I should write a fucking book about the tumult in Japanese wrestling in the early 2000s. There Holy shit. Maybe I should. Anyway, this show, yes, uh, on Saturday, January the 8th. God damn it. Why is AEW running shows on Wrestle Kingdom days, too? I'm going to be fucking wrecked. <laughs> Swear to God, dude. Swear to God. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be wrecked before this is all over. All right, yeah. let's go down this. Uh, we, we we open up with a Young Lion match, as it happens. Mm-hmm. Kosei Fujita, why does he get the nod over Yudo or, or Ryohei? I don't know. But... I, I don't know, but hey, you got the nod, so. Versus Yasutaka Yano, mm-hmm. who I don't know oh. anything about. Yano, I saw him in the opening match last night for the uh, New Year card, and he looked fun. Like, he definitely was getting his beats on that. So I'm really just super interesting instead on the fact that with a Young Lions match like this, with New Japan, it's very much the traditional, hey, black trunks, black boots, you know, that sort of image for their Young Lions. But with Noah, you start seeing a little bit more of these guys getting their initial, like, colors in before evolving their look and things of that nature. So... The clash of young lion styles between the two companies, that's what I'm most interested in seeing there. You you know, in fairness, All Japan always did that, too. They they didn't make him wear all black. I think, you know, Kabashi started in red, Mm -hmm. like Giant Baba. But also, um, they usually let their trainees pick a color, and it has to be all that solid color, and then that's what you wear until you're graduated. Yeah, for sure. So, so all yeah, Japan continues got, that tradition. So yeah, and I think Yano on his end of things is like a bluish, like a light blue colored, not a light blue. Sorry, more like a, not really like a d- dark plain blue sort of color. It's hard to describe it, but that's what I believe he was uh, wearing yesterday on his end of the spectrum there. So right, but you know, again, you know, you, 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 if you sign up for the New Japan Dojo, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. You know what you're getting into when you sign on the dotted line. So, uh, the second match, uh, this is be a, this will be a fun one. Uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, and Yoji, Yuji Nagata versus Mohamed Yone, King Tani, and Akitoshi Saito. Funky Express versus Dads, third generation Dads. Legitimately, like this could be a low key match of the night here, just on the basis of. The chicanery that could happen and just the way that these guys work. So, like, I'm excited for it, for sure. It it does help that Noah has actually been a compelling product the last couple of years, you know? Yeah, (laughs) for for sure. Like, this this past year specifically, they have, like, really turned it into a higher gear at this point. So, I'm excited for them and to see what happens. Um, Our third match. By the way, this is an 11-match card, so strap in, folks. Yep. Uh, Get ready. Show versus Stingers Atsushi Katoge. This match legitimately could steal the entire show. 
outright because show style as a whole uh in atsushi kotoge being like a fiery baby face type that is gonna sell for show considerably in this i think these two are gonna have a lot of fun together like it's gonna be a great junior match between them yeah and I'm excited to see where it goes. I do think it very much has show stealing potential right there and then for it. Uh, continuing Bullet Club versus Stinger matches, we have Taiji Ishimori and Gato versus Hayata and Seiki Yoshioka. Mm-hmm. Yep, Stinger guys there. Uh, I think Ishimori's uh, history with Noah is going to play a huge hand in this, obviously. So I'll go take like the. Brought to the match, Gato's there. Gato has some, I think Gato has some history in Noah too, doesn't he? I mean, true, but you know, it's. I do think Ishimori is going to be taking the bulk of this, and Gato's just going to do bullshit here and there. Yeah. Uh, either way, it sh- should be an interesting one to see, kind of how it fares out. I have no idea who wins it, but with most of these, I have no idea who wins it. I'm just strapped in for the ride at this point more than anything uh we then get a suzuki gun tandem of el desperado and doki versus the perros del mal de japon tandem of yohei and nosawa rongai this is oh interesting God. because doki of course an actual member of the actual perros del mal no 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 the actual perros del mal <laughs> Yeah, on top of it. So it's just, it, this is like a dirty, like, like grimy lucha match that you'd see in some indie in Mexico somewhere out there. And it's perfect on the nature of that. Like, there's no doubt that Desperado probably pitched this one the moment that he kind of got the announcements and such. I wouldn't be surprised if he just went, can I team with Doki and go up against Nasawa <laughs> and Yohei? He probably would have preferred Ata to be in this spot instead, but hey commitments and whatnot well so, and yeah okay. i mean we're, well yeah because dragon gate's running yeah dragon gate runs on the 8th at, at kyoto kbs hall i think that's the first show of the year yeah so, so yeah and plus you know let's face it let's not confuse matters with uh <laughs> this is new japan versus noah let's not confuse matters yeah, know, exactly. by throwing in random drag i mean we already have taka coming in representing you know just tap out you know to confuse matters so, so uh but it, but it should be but it should be fun. Yohei is like a fun junior on their end of the spectrum there. So like, th- this should be just chicanery and fun altogether between all four parties involved. So I can't wait to see what happens on that front. Uh, we then get a ten uh, man tag match: uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Master Wado versus. And I'm not sure if there's a unit here. So uh, a couple cur- of those guys are part of. Mobilization, which is, I believe it is... Wasn't that just a tag team? Harad and O'Hara as a tag team? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that's just a tag team, But, I mean, like an actual stable. But, anyway, it's Daisuke Harada. I don't think think it's stable, yeah, no, but they're mostly, like, baby faces for the most part on that front, so... Uh, Daisuke Harada, Hajime O'Hara, Daiki Inaba, Yoshiki Inamura, who that's the one that you said was a was a tank, right? Against Kenta. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. And so, Kenya and Okada. Probably, so don't be surprised if Inamura decides to go after like Ishii on the spot too, and there's just like two bulls just colliding there. That'd be that'd be fun. Ooh, lordy, yeah, that that that'll be a fun one. Okay, now here's a very complicated match. Yes, for for reasons. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Taka Michinoku versus 
the Sugiura Gun team of Takashi Sugiura and Kazushi Sakuraba with Kenta. Yep. Kenta, who has said that for two nights only, the first, which just happened, and on the eighth, he is a Sugiura Gun member for those two days. So there is that. Yeah, there is a very complicated history with Takashi Sugiura and Suzuki Gun, not least of which... And there's also a very complicated history with Pro Wrestling Noah and Suzuki Gun, considering yes, <laughs> uh, Suzuki Gun were had invaded Noah and were terrorizing him for two years during a time when Noah actually kind of got run into the ground, and which led to their purchase by SB. Yep, uh, three you know, which is now two three ownerships ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that yeah. that that's kind of a brave pick to bring a Suzuki Gun team back into Noah after the the legitimate uh, you know uh, heat that Su- Suzuki Gun I'm sure have with Noah folk. Yeah, because it's not their fault, mind you, but but you know. it's the circumstances. Yeah, because there's also the fact that Takashi Sugura was a member of Suzuki Gun during that invasion, betrayed them. Eventually beat Minoru Suzuki at one point there. And then along with that, obviously, Kenta being a part of uh, Sugura Gun for those two nights. But then let's not forget, too, that Sugura was part of No Mercy when Kenta was kind of the kingpin of Noah there for a certain point before he left. Well, so, but this also, is a, yeah, this is the only match in which uh, promotional uh, guys and promotions are mixed. Yeah, exactly. this is the only so just, match. On this interesting card. intercrossing there all around for it so oh, yeah yeah that one <laughs> i wonder if it, yeah that one could get a little interesting uh we then have uh a, well a stable a couple of stables getting mixed here in the next couple of matches uh zach saber jr and yoshinobu kanemaru returning to noah <laughs> After yep. the suzuki gun invasion uh after he he left and went to new japan versus Naomichi Marafuji of the M's Alliance and Stinger's Yoshinari Ogawa, two generations of uh, Misawa guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not to mention the fact that Ogawa and Zack have history because these are former junior heavyweight, uh, GHC junior heavyweight tag champions together there. Yeah. And both have a very kind of similar style of just trying to, you know, turn their opponents into pretzels and doing weird funky covers to mess with people so very interesting kind of clash there and obviously kanemaru and marafuji are very much rivals in that junior division uh, that noah's had there for a while these were guys that were you know kingpins of the division at one point or another as well so there's history there to be considered yeah oh yeah there is a lot of history uh in that match there for sure um Next up, Evil and Dick Togo versus Go Shiozaki and Masa Kitamiya. I'm really just hoping Shiozaki and Kitamiya just kick their asses, honestly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see Kitamiya and Evil like, clash against each other, just on the big, beefy type of styles there. But I do think Dick Togo's probably eating a Go Flasher at one point and getting the, uh, get, being the guy who takes the fall. On yeah. This, so. I, yeah, I can't imagine... Shiozaki or Kiyomiya taking the fall in this one, honestly. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, this is the match I'm possibly the most excited about. Possibly. Possibly, yep. It, it, it's it's going to be either the, the main or the semi-main that I'm the most excited about, but... Both, both, of those are, both of those are, like, have got my attention 100% of the way. It's just a matter of, like, how it delivers, so... Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazushika Okada versus Keiji Muto and Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, let, let's discuss the levels of this one, Chris. Mm-hmm. I'll let you start off. I mean, obviously, I think it's been a well-known fact to anyone who's paid attention to Puro as a whole over the last three or so years that Kaito Kiyomiya has been calling Okada's number out for a while at this point. And this is the first time where he finally gets to put paws on the man. So I can't wait for that to begin with. And then let's not forget the very bit of history there between one Hiroshi Tanahashi and one Keiji Mudo as well over the course the, of the, the years. The, 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 the goat Muda, as I like to call him. <laughs> Look, man, you're never going to change my mind. He is my all-time fave, brother. <laughs> That being said, uh, yeah, Mudo and Tanahashi have history, to say the least. Not the least of which because Mudo trained Tanahashi. But also, yep. Mudo tried to get Tanahashi to jump with him to All Japan way back yep, when. that was a thing. And, you know, and good yep, for Tanahashi because it worked out for him that he, that he stayed with New Japan. Mm-hmm. And Mudo was never shitty about it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Just but, very interesting aspects all around in terms of that and uh, Kido, Kiyomiya also having his recent issues with um, Muto as well in matches and not being able to beat him yet. And Tanahashi going, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. I remember when Muto was a pain in my ass for a while. This may be the most perfectly booked match of this of, uh, on paper of this show, honestly. I mean, th- this is the one that has like layers upon layers, you know? Yeah, I agree entirely. I mean, that, that just, you know, it, it, it's just perfect to me. I mean, because of, you know, Okada, you know, Kiyomiya having calling, you know, calling out Okada all this time. And Okada has responded to him, too, let's be fair. Yeah, Oka- um, Okada's been very much on the aspect of like, hey, if the match happens, great. But otherwise, the guy's not really on my level type yeah. of thing. Which... Well, meanwhile, you have Kento Miyahara over to the side kind of egging Kiyomiya on, which I think is hilarious. You know? <laughs> it's like, you should do it. You should do it. You should challenge him. Come on, don't be a... Don't be... <laughs> Don't be a coward. Do it. <laughs> Just do it, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what? You know, I, I talked about that 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 joint All Japan, uh, New Japan show at Cork and Hall. I'm really hoping that they do another one because I do want to actually see uh, Kento Miyahara and Kazushiko Okada have some sort of interaction. Yeah, it's time. We did it between him and Tanahashi a couple of years back on the Great Baba uh, celebration show. So it's... Uh, we're due for Okada and Miyahara interacting as well at this point. It, it, the time has been coming. So, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to this match. I think that this match will slap. I, you know what? I have to look back. that This may might be the first time Mudo and Okada have ever interacted. Unless Mudo somehow interacted with him when he was a young lion. But I don't think so. Yeah, I don't recall it either. At least in ring officially i think this might be the first so yeah i'm excited about it that that's wow yeah i mean how, how can you not so yeah that's gonna be fun and then uh what we believe is the main event um mm-hmm. 
Ten-man tag. Sable versus Stable. Los Ingobernables de Japón. Shingo Takagi, who may be the GHC heavyweight champion. You mean no, oh, excuse IWGP, me, IWGP, IWGP, my bad. Sorry, we've been talking Noah this whole time. Yeah. Um, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, uh, Tetsuya Daido, Sonata, Hiromu Takahashi, and Bushi versus Kongo, made up of Katsuhiko Nakajima, the current GC Heavyweight Champion. Champion. May or may not be that by the time this show happens. If we, if you said that there may if be they, something happening there, on the fourth. If, yeah, if yeah, if there is another defense for him on the fourth, then we have to wait and see on that. Otherwise, he'll go in as champion. So, uh, Keno, the GHC National Champion, and the actual leader of the faction, it should be uh, it should be noted on that regard. Well, so. much as Naito is the actual leader of Lij, exactly. Uh, whose yeah. build first is Shingo. exactly. It's the mm-hmm. Uh, Manabu Soya, which, wow, <laughs> he's been around the block at this point, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tadasuke and Aleha. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a comment about this booking. Something about Naido just irritating Keno by his very existence or something. Yeah, for... because obviously the kind of big story here, press conferences-wise and everything, is that Shingo and Nakajima have been at each other's faces at this point in terms of their careers. Shingo has been uh, in matches against Nakajima, and he has been beaten both times. So there's some beef there as it is, and it's going to be very fun to see those two in the ring uh, wailing at each other. But then I just think about Kendo's entire personality being the super serious like guy that just kicks the bejesus out of you at will. And Naito being Naito... Just don't be surprised if Naito's mere existence like annoys Keno into a literal aneurysm during this match. And they both rock suits too, lest we forget. <laughs> exactly. Just oh, it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Keno, Keno, yeah, Keno and Naito trying to outsuit each other on this mm-hmm. one. Just yeah, and it's going to be interesting because with Matabusoya being a big powerhouse and Sonata being the more on the technician spectrum, so there's a little bit of a clash of styles there. Tadasuke and Hiromu Takahashi both have that sort of quirky, you know, they're both crazy in their own kind of ways there. So there's going to be that interaction. And then Bushi and Aleha are just two masked boys going at each other. So there's elements here for everything to where this fits as a big time main event between the companies, each company's two biggest and most uh, kind of popular factions. So excited to see how this goes. Yeah, this is yeah, this is gonna be you know what this is gonna be a fun show. Yeah, they, 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 they really made this show from why is this even happening to holy crap, you know? Yeah, it's like it's very much they made it like well I can't miss this at this point. It's as simple as that. I, 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 I will pay. I'm going to pay money to Abima to watch yeah. this show. Now here's what I don't understand about Abima. I'm hearing that you can literally only watch this on a mobile device, so I can't even watch it on my laptop. Is that true? I'm not even sure, to be honest. I'd have to double check on that. Okay, so there is a possibility, folks, that uh, you may have to watch this on a tablet or uh, on a tablet or, or or phone instead of on your TV or something, because uh, you know, so, or a laptop. I know you can't watch it on your TV because obviously it's not yeah, I, on. Uh, I think it's a situation where they do have like mobile support and maybe the ordering of it, but it shows it as. 
multi uh, on their website for the Yabima pay-per-view online, it does have an area where if you're using the English translator where it says multi-device supports compatible with smartphones, PCs, tablets, and major t- TV devices. It can be used in various situations, anytime, anywhere. So I figured maybe the ordering might have to be through um, like a mobile device, perhaps, but I think you should still be able to watch it on your laptop, as far as I can tell. So, okay. well, I mean, that, you know what? That may not be the worst thing. I can I can always hook my laptop up to my TV, so you know. Yeah, I have I have like an HDMI cable that I have like a second monitor on, in which I've been using to like watch these shows and such. So yeah, okay, so yeah, just letting you know, I, I've never done an Abima event, so I mean, this is you know a, a new uh, new frontier for me, but. Uh... Yeah, and that's it. That that's the coming up. Uh, that's the upcoming. Uh, well, you know, let's face it. Twenty twenty one was a down year. Twenty twenty two is off. You know what? It, it's off to a banger. Yeah, you know, it's a good start there. Let's see where the year goes from there. It's a wait and see approach, but otherwise, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I I am too, and I think these are going to be fun shows, and I'm very much looking forward to watching them uh, as they happen. Even as as we are going to be winding down this show, at least for a little while. I mean, we just you know at least take a little hiatus. You know, I think after six years, we've kind of earned a break. You know, for sure. You know, a little break, but you know, again, you know, Chris and I are not you know breaking up or anything like that. <laughs> we, we haven't had a falling out. It's not like that. We just need a break. You know, from mm-hmm. from this show, and you know, I'm a, I'm still doing the blog. Chris is still, you know, watching too, and he's still tweeting out there. So, pretty much. Anyway, God damn, we have gone over the two hours. I I thought this was going to be an hour and a half show. It was not an hour and a half show. So let's uh let, let's call this a day here. Uh, Chris, go ahead with thy plugs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, You can find me in particular over on Twitter mostly uh, these days. Maybe Instagram every once in a blue moon, but that's still under Brazilian Fury. That's Brazilian with an S instead of a Z, so just keep that in mind there. Uh, For the most part, my other podcast, Soundtracks on the Sticks, we're on Twitter. Sounds on Sticks, you can find that by going into the Night of the Living Geeks podcasting network you can search for that on there any places that do podcasts and you'll be able to find that and find episodes of our particular podcast on there uh you can find me at least and for the next week or so at strong style story uh without the e in style on twitter that will be changing so if you want to follow me do it now and be there for the changeover uh the blog will continue to be at strong style um going to be changing a little bit of focus going to be only posting a couple of days a week uh you know two or three days a week going forward in 2022 uh as i try to you know space things out and get some other writing done too um yeah and of course you can hear me every week uh except when we have unplanned days off uh uh every week here on the pwm podcast network uh me myself and paul sebastian on boom goes the dynamite where we review that week's AEW Dynamite episode. And, oh, boy, do we have something to talk about at the top of the show this coming Wednesday. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, dear God. Oh, yeah, the new, boy. Yeah, uh, uh, well, you, I'm just going to leave it there. We'll, we'll, yes, just leave it, yeah, leave it for that, but, like, give yourselves a good 20 minutes to go over that because reasons. So. Well, we'll see. I mean, Paul, Paul may just decide he doesn't want to talk about it, so. Fair enough, which fair enough on him if that's the case too. So yeah, we, we, we will see on that. But uh, 
Anyway, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, enjoy the Wrestle Kingdom period. I, I, I'm sure we are going to. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when Chris and I will do our, our hiatus episode, episode 80. Uh, it's going to be definitely in, a, in the month of January. I don't know if it's going to be like the week after the Wrestle Kingdom cycle because I also got to get a busting balls in sometime during yeah, that period. Yeah, for sure. Just so, bear with us. Sometime in January, we'll get something up for you. And that it, that'll be Game it. Of. Yeah, and that'll be it. And that'll be the. And that'll be it. You know, that'll be where we where we stand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, until then, uh, happy New Year, Chris, and happy New Year to all of you listening on this uh, very fine network. And we will be back in a few weeks. Chris, do you have any last words? Uh, nothing else too specific again happy new year to everybody and happy wrestle kingdom week coming up all right well we'll see you sometime in the month of january to wrap this up and until then take care Uh, goodbye